Welcome to the Sober Nation FM podcast, where we're putting recovery on the map. I'm your host, Jonathan Sylvester. This show is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Do you want to take your recovery to the next level? Do you want more support, community, and fellowship? Sobriety Engine is an incredible community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. You can get a ton of great tips, resources, and guidance to help you succeed in recovery and in life. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. Sober Nation FM is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle all while supporting your sobriety, then you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Nation, let's hop right into today's episode. Today, I'll be speaking with actor and writer, Michael Strassner. Thanks for coming on the show, Michael. Yes, thank you for having me, Jonathan. How are you? I'm doing good, man. And I want to hear all about your your acting and maybe some of the things that you've been working on uh, more recently and possibly even upcoming projects. But first, would you mind telling us a little bit about how you actually found recovery? Like what was going on in your life before you got sober? Sure. Um, I'll give you kind of a little bit of a rundown of like how it all started and began and, you know, where, how I found recovery. Um, But uh, yeah, I started, um, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. So uh, I'm a diehard, uh, you know, Ravens and Orioles fan Mm -hmm. and uh, hairspray and the wire, you know, that's kind of what I was raised on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, you know, had a pretty normal childhood and then you know my parents got divorced when I was eight and uh my dad remarried um and I had all these uh stepbrothers and uh stepsister since there's now what originally was like my mom and my dad and my two sisters it was now my mom and my sisters and then my dad my stepmom and then um uh Zach Taylor uh Lauren Allison Olivia Carter and myself so there's seven of us now um and uh yeah, we had, um, we, you know, I was just like kind of an angry kid and then, um, dealing with a lot of things. And then like when I was 12 was when the first time I actually drank and I, uh, I, um, I had five shots of vodka smearing off and finally felt like that, like all the pain that I was going through as a kid, like I was like, oh, okay, like that's all just like numb now. Wow. And I remember enjoying it for an hour, having it a blast, and then wrapping myself around the toilet for the next hour and a half until my mom got there. And she's like, something's wrong with Michael because he's usually Mr. You know, crazy, always making people laugh, and he's like passed out in the back seat. So she ends up taking me to the hospital, and I end up getting my stomach pumped. Wow. Uh, my first time drinking in my – the doctor, I remember us being like, you know um, – uh, how old is he? And my mom's like, he's 12, but he'll be 13 next week. So almost <laughs> a teenager. Um, and you know, I, I, I felt really like I thought, I mean, I then took like a couple years off okay. of drinking as you should. Cause I'm a 12 year old and right, he's right. drinking yeah. every weekend. You, you need a break um, like 13 yeah. to 14 at least. Exactly. That's what it was. <laughs> and then, and that actually was like my, when I first got introduced to marijuana and doing that, um and then when i was 15 is like that's like when i just start i mean i i got a, i was working at a 
fun summer job and there was mm-hmm. a bunch of different older people that were working with me so we go to the, the summer parties and um i ended up having a fake id because i looked i guess like a 22 year old at 15 um and i was the guy always supplying getting beer and it was it was a lot of fun it was like for sure you know yeah. like i i i enjoy like i always like to say like you know alcohol was like it saved my life for a long time because you know like i didn't have to feel the stuff that i was feeling inside so much um depression is a lot of my story you know okay. like yeah um a lot of the a lot of the just like so when i was like and i would start having these things where like something would happen and i would get really de- i would get drunk and then get really depressed okay. you know and i started to notice that like in in college and such like you know like i had like and i only share this stuff because i i like to let people know that like the depression that i had also i think coincides with the drinking a lot you know um i had five suicide attempts by the time I was 28 and what wow. I ended up being um and uh you know when I look back on those things one they were super dramatic mm-hmm. and a cry for help but at the same time like me not wanting to actually get the help that I needed okay um I because uh, I always like I brush it off like ah, like I was, I was I was just drunk I was just you know right. I was just taking pills as a joke you know I okay. was just you know well that's that's what i was gonna ask like each of those those attempts were you under the influence like had you been drinking oh yeah every okay. single yeah each okay. time was a, a, a drunken cry and like i remember like you know like i kind of like i like in college was like the first one i think freshman year um where i actually did tell my my parents and they like you know I started talking to a counselor and, you know, like the alcohol thing was not really like super addressed. Like I remember that like the counselor just being like, well, alcohol is a depressant. So, you know, just so remember that, but like at the same time, like you're college. So like, enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like the yeah. response I got. Um, and it just kind of, and then I joined a fraternity and like, that was uh, like even more alcohol. And like, I knew that I just like, if I could be the funny guy, my pain can go away too. If I can make mm. people laugh, then they won't know that I'm really actually fucked up. Okay. I'm like dealing with shit. Yeah. And that's kind of the way in which I went, you know, it, it continued on to like, um, after college, uh, you know, I then decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go and move away from Baltimore, my home, all my friends. Sure. I'm going to go out to California and um, take this, career seriously you know like the comedy and acting like this is what i want to do with my life okay and i got into a really prestigious comedy school and was moving up the ladder there uh it was like an improv and sketch school Mm -hmm. um and uh i um as that was happening i would say that's when like because i was on my own and like i was getting moderate success like I was, you know, I booked a commercial here or I, you know, booked a little co-star on like uh, a TV show and then another TV show and was getting success and moving up that school. And like, I was like, oh, like things are actually like going really well. But my alcoholism was just soaring. Yeah. If, like, if you don't that, mind me, if you don't mind me asking, man, like, so when you're in college and you know, you're having all these experiences, you're going to see a counselor 
you, I mean, obviously, you know that the alcohol is, is there and it's part of the equation, but are you seeing it at all as like a bigger part of the problem or is it, the reason I ask is because, you know, I'm thinking back on, on my experience and our, our stories, you know, this is why I love doing these interviews. Like our stories are, yeah. are pretty alike. Parents divorce today. Uh, for me personally, like I was like the fat kid growing up, uh, no self-confidence whatsoever. Like, you know, all me, these things, me, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying to like, well, I, I didn't want to say it, man, but I, I was like, yeah. I was just picking up on, on those vibes, you know, because I, I could feel and relate to all that. Um, but I know, you know, was I, when I was kind of in the same age range that you were describing, you were, you know, in college, you were going through all these things. I would like be talking to my mom and like bawling, crying and like life sucks and blah, blah, blah. And she say, what's wrong? And like, I knew that drugs and alcohol were part of the problem, but I literally said, I don't know because I really hadn't identified it yet. So I guess that's my question. Like, had you, I, when, when did you actually identify this as part of the problem? Was it after you, you kind of got into the acting stuff a little bit? Well, I mean, that's kind of like when it, when it, when I, I honestly had to, cause like, and I don't want to like, I mean like the, cause I even like when I was 19, I got in a hit and run. I, you know, I took my mom's car to Taco Bell and ended up, you know, hitting a fire hydrant and two parked cars and getting on foot and calling my mom and being like, mom, can you come get me? And she's like, yeah, of course. And then she called me back. She's like, Michael, you have the car. And I was like, oh, I forgot that's, you know, parked somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you know, like that was like, right. Right. But like, I remember like feeling like complete and utter shame being in jail that night, waking up the next morning and like going to the courthouse and like having my mom pick me up and just like bawling in her eyes. But I was like, I still was like, I don't want to give this up. Mm. And what this is, is like, like, and now like looking back on like that, like what, like, give what up like you like your life is in shambles right now but you still like are trying to push it forward with it Hmm. and I think I was just like I think the people that I surrounded myself with and also just like you know I was just like no like this is normal like you know I have other friends who've gotten this stuff like I have other you know and it's not normal like you know you could kill someone and um but when it really happened, the moment of clarity for me was, and I think that's kind of like the thing that I, I hope whoever's struggling out there, like someday finds is that like moment of, I like to call it like grace where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I, like it's, it's, it's gotten to that. And, and I hope it doesn't go too far as they're not around anymore because I've yeah. seen that happen too. Yeah. Sure. You know, and like, and like, you know, when it looks like everything is going so well, it's sometimes not, mm. you know, especially in my case, like, you know, I was climbing up that ladder at, cause I'll just tell you what, like when recovery hit for me. Sure. Um, uh, I was climbing up that ladder at that really prestigious school that I cared so much about. It right. was like my dream. Yeah. You know, and I made it to the, like the minor league level of that school Okay. where like you start getting seen by um, more casting direct and all this stuff. And the summer before I got sober, I got flown out or I showcased for Saturday Night Live and 
they flew me out to test and I was like, holy shit, like my, you know, this is my fucking dream. Like, this is what I wanted. Like, this yeah. is everything's coming true. Yeah. I go back to Los Angeles. They fly me out again for another test. So I'm in like the last crown and I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like this is, could be it. And as you know, cause I mean, I didn't get it. Um, and that is when I just fucking sail. Like I just hit mm. the downward spiral. Those next, I think it was like the next five months I got, I got asked to do one more. Cause it like the, the way the school works, you get like asked to come back for another, like to make it to the last level of like the actual company. Okay. Um, I got asked to do one final one. And in those first three months of that time, my alcoholism was through the roof. Mm. I mean, I was, it, it, and it was already kind of there, like, but like, it just hit, it like, I'd say I'd get up at 11 o'clock. I'd look myself in the mirror, hung over as hell. And I'd say, I'm not going to drink today. And by two o'clock, I'd have my Jim Beam on the rocks in my place. Yeah. Trying to write comedy when there was no humor in my own life. Mm. And, um, I ended up going back for Christmas, kind of getting in like a fight with my mom and my sister. Like, I just was not, I was not a, like, I was such a fucking asshole. The last Christmas I drank, like, you know, like throwing just anger at everyone and like pointing my, and I, I was just like, no, I'm on vacation. I'm drinking. It's like, you're not like, you're celebrating the holidays with your family. You're not on fucking like drunk time. Mm -hmm. And I went back to Los Angeles we had like we had like a pitch before the big opening uh that we had and i just did not do well at that pitch it was not good it sent me into just the last it was it was it i ended up not answering my phone call for this girl that i was seeing my buddy was texting me he's like hey what's going on today and i was just like i'm gonna get fucked up and i'm not gonna talk to anybody so i start drinking at 10 a.m i drive to the arc light theater um I go see three billboards, which is probably the worst movie you can see if you're super depressed and <laughs> an alcoholic just for, you know, uh, and I have a Manhattan there at 11 a.m. Drink that. Then I go, then I drink in the theater, go home, get to or go to work because I was serving at that time. And I show up there drunk, try to wait on tables and I'm just continue to drink at work, continue to drink at work. And I ended up going home because uh, I get sent home because I leave the, my tables for like an hour una unaware. I was like on the phone with somebody outside who I don't know. Um, and I get sent home from work and I take that last Jim Beam on the rocks. I go down to my dryer and washer room and I put a belt around my neck and I try to hang myself. And I think about my mom and my sisters as it was happening and some and the belt broke wow. and i i call my best friend the next day who i've you know who's been incredible throughout you know this whole time and i called the girl that i was seeing and i just said i need help for the first time i said i told him exactly what happened i told him um you know where i'm at and it gets a little like that whole week gets a little crazy. Um, they end up, they end up telling the, or the director, I tell the director what's going on. My 
thing. He's telling me that I have to take a leave of absence from the company. I'm like fucking like heartbroken. And I, they take me to a shrink at that day. And they're like, you need to just, cause we need to figure out what, what we need to do for you. Right. Um, and the shrink within 20 minutes of having a conversation with me, he brings them back in and he's like, so Michael can't drink anymore. And we suggest he goes somewhere to get help. And, uh, so I start going, or so I, I get, um, someone to call, like I start going to, um, get help. And, um, I, you know, I was so lost at that moment because Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I feel like the thing that I love to do so much has been taken away by my own, by my own actions and my own doing my depression has become so bad that like, I don't want to be here anymore and I don't Mm -hmm. care about how anybody else feels. Um, and so I start to, you know, work the steps, find somebody to kind of help me go through those. And, um, I, uh, I find out that they do not I, like three months into that, I get, you know, 90 days. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm feeling the pink cloud, you know, like, right, right. and that, and that during that time they told me rightfully so they were like, you know, Michael, you're not allowed to come back here at all. You know, you burn that bridge and um you know it's uh it's just not going to happen and instead of turning and drinking at that point i was like and i also heard from somebody um just as i was getting sober they always said if you put anything above your sobriety you're gonna end up losing it Mm, yeah and at that moment i thought i'm not going back to that school i know because i'm putting it above because I'm trying so hard to get back there sure. and not focus on just staying sober. Yeah, yeah. And wow. it was a it was a rude awakening, um, but I didn't want to drink over that because hmm. I felt like you know what, like I want to keep going, and I and I have continued. Um, you know, life has brought me a lot of joys and wonderful experiences in my sobriety but it also like i i had a i step i i kept getting i I stayed sober and i kept kind of creating stuff and you know focusing on my sobriety because other people around me are helping me get there um i finally had that support that i've always wanted and felt a part of something yeah um and i get a year sober on january 19th 2019 two days later i get a phone call from my dad telling me that my uh stepbrothers had overdosed and died wow and i didn't know what to do mm-hmm. um i you know i was just like I, I i called you know my buddy right away and i was like what do i do and he's like you show up for your family you show up and you stay sober. Hmm. And so I got on the first flight back to Baltimore, you know, that experience with my family is something that I never like, 
I mean, it's just, it's, I had my year chip and I put that in the casket with Zach. And because he also, he, he had some time um, in recovery as well. Um, and, uh, you know, he just, he, uh, yeah. So, uh, I don't know where I was, I'm like, <laughs> sure. kind of, you know, but I'm saying that like people have showed me how to walk through these things mm. and stay sober. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm so forever grateful for. Like recovery yeah. has taught me that, you know, that good and bad is going to happen in your life. But you like, because you now have people around you to be there for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I always did too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the people that I, like, I, I think I just never, I never wanted to use them for help because I saw help as like, it was always, they were always there, but it was me that was the one who didn't want to ask for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I get that completely. And man, what a, what a powerful story. And I know that, uh, you know, there's many of our listeners that are just going, and I appreciate your honesty, but a lot of our listeners that are going to appreciate your honesty, um, especially just about the, uh, the depression and the mental health and, you know, the, the suicide attempts, because, um, you know, I think one of the most important things we learn in this deal is that we're not alone in any of this. Right. Um, and yeah. I think that's, that's one of the things that drives us deeper into these dark spots in our lives is thinking like no one else understands this. No one else is thinking the way that I'm thinking, um, you know, I'm, I'm running solo in this deal. I, I know, you know, we had, you and I were chatting before we hopped on here. I had your buddy, uh, Billy Flynn on the show recently. And, um, you know, you were telling me that, that you guys are pretty close and, and I would call it like brothers in recovery and, oh, yeah. uh, which I think is so awesome. Um, you know, I know I've seen that in, in my own personal recovery and life that having a, uh, a close knit group of people that I can really stay plugged in with um, has been just like imperative. You know, I don't think it's any mistake that, you know, I've been around for a few years now and these guys have too. How important do you think it is to like have some of those people, you know, hopefully times are a little different right now, which we'll talk about, but, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we have the people that we kind of see at meetings that are like acquaintances and stuff like that. But how important do you think it is to have like a kind of like an inner circle, if you will, of people that you're talking to frequently and just getting feedback from and, and letting them know what's going on? I mean, I think it's essential. Um, you know, like the uh, amount here. Sorry, let me. Sorry, someone just popping in here. Yeah, you're good. Um, um, no, I think it's essential because the people that when like good and bad have come from like the reason why I'm still sober is because of other people mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. them continually picking up the phone when I'm in need. And also for them getting out of my, like if I call like, you know, somebody who's new to sobriety, I can get out of my own shit and listen to them. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, like, 
I remember what that fucking was like. Mm-hmm. And you're fucking a fucking rock star for doing what you're doing right now, especially during this time. Sure. You know, it's inspiring as hell. And, yeah. you know, like, you know, Billy is somebody who I love dearly. Um, and, yeah, we, we had a fucking blast on the outside and, you know, a lot of good times. But, like, the stuff that I have now with him is, you know, a thousand times more beneficiary to me and also to my, to just our relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about real shit. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you know, like, the nice thing about, like, being sober is like okay like you feel everything the bad thing about being sober is you feel everything and like you know like you have to get those out you have to get those feelings out and luckily you have people that are willing to listen and also be like yeah but like also call you out on your shit sometimes and be like yeah but like but like you know what have you done today have you have you you know gotten your brain right have you meditated so it sounds like you probably haven't meditated yet you know, have uh, have you gotten your workout in? You know, have you done everything that, like, have you done your gratitude list? You know, things that just make me feel better. And then that just kind of get that start off, you know? Like, that's, like, you know, it's, and that's the thing is, like, I think what's so beautiful about being sober is that you, you have so many people in your life that, and I think you've always had it too. Don't get me wrong. Like mm. I always like to say, like my buddies from back home, sure. I love dearly and have respected the hell out of me for doing my own thing right. in yeah. my career and also in my sobriety. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. they're supportive as hell, and they've always and like you know, like I mean, I think there was like the last time I, I really had a like <laughs> I don't even know what I want to. I mean, it's more or less like it's a it was a it was a wedding. You know, I was always a funny guy. The next morning I woke up, I was still drunk or whatever. And, you know, like I'm the guy who wants to make everybody laugh. So I'd have one sock on my foot and the other sock on my private part. And I was asking all my buddies around who are some, like some of their fiancés are there. And like, I was like, have you guys seen my other sock? I'm so freaking sorry. I can't freaking find this thing to save my life. And they're yeah. like, Michael, like there's definitely something wrong with Michael. Yeah. We don't know what exactly right. it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, what I think, well, sorry, the beauty, and following that story with the beauty of sobriety is, like, I don't have to be that freaking crazy guy anymore. I'm mm. still, don't get me wrong, I'm still fucking crazy. Yeah. But I get all that shit out in a positive way. Hmm. Yeah. I, I really because like what you, what you said earlier, just as you were describing, you know, as you were getting into really pursuing the acting and the comedy stuff, and you were sitting there trying to, you know, write jokes while you were drinking that there just wasn't any comedy there. It's like, I remember like, you're talking about these relationships that change, right? Because we change. And so one of those relationships in my life was, was with my dad. Like we did not have a great relationship. It was kind of, it was on both sides, but it was mainly me for sure. And as I started to heal or whatever you want to call it, just get better and get sober, you know, that relationship improved immensely. And one of the things that he always reminds me of is, um, you know, he was telling some probably stupid dad joke, basically, and I didn't think it was funny. And, uh, you know, I guess I told him that I just didn't think anything was funny, that there was nothing to laugh about in life. 
And um, I'm kind of glad he reminds me about that because, man, like humor is like a huge part of my life. And I'd even say like a part of my recovery for sure. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, I I think that's uh, I think that's awesome, though, that that you've had so many people around to support you. I I do want to ask, because I think this is important to ask our guests and maybe you've already pinpointed a couple things. What do you think the biggest thing that you struggled with early on in sobriety was? Like just as you were kind of getting getting the ball rolling and everything, what what was really the biggest struggle for you? I know you talked about the depression part of things um, and not to diminish that or blow that off, but is there anything else a little more specific you can kind of pinpoint there? My biggest fear when I first got sober was how am I still going to be funny how am I going to enjoy things will my life be just a sad thing without alcohol you know like I got sober on it was pro bowl weekend but the next weekend was super bowl and I was like and my whole mind was like, how the fuck am I going to watch Super Bowl? Like, how am I going to watch Super Bowl without having it? Like, it's Super Bowl. Right, yeah. Like, like, how do you not, like, I mean, thank God the Ravens went in it because I don't even know how I would have reacted to that. <laughs> but, you know, like, and it was like all these things that, like, I was like, and it happened slowly, but it was like, you know, Memorial Day weekend. I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to get through this? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you get through it by calling somebody when you're not feeling that great. Mm, you know, yeah. and now I've watched two Raven seasons sober and what's nice about it is that after we lose I don't cry and punch a hole in my wall Mm -hmm. because I'm so blacked out and think that I have something to do with how the Ravens are performing and (laughs) you know like I I put that on myself as well yeah you know and like um the funny aspect of it and the comedy aspect of it you know I, a buddy, like my, my writing partner and buddy, Jono has like been there by my side throughout all of this recovery. And like, he is one of the main reasons, like I thought I was going to like, you know, lose him because of my actions dating back to the school. And he has been nothing but just a pillar of support for me, as well as some of my other friends who aren't sober, but are just there for me. And especially in the comedy world that I'm in, like, I have, you know, like, you know, a core group of friends that have been super supportive of me, you know, still pushing my, pushing my brand of comedy and what I find funny and just being there as a human being as well for fucking when shit gets rough. Yeah. You know, Um, but like, you know, like, I feel like my comedy is even my comedy and also my performing and whatever I have done, I'm actually more proud of in sobriety than I was when I was drinking, Hmm. you know, like, um, I, you know, I, I did have that like a year and a half into my sobriety. I did get to audition for SNL again. Didn't get it again. They really know how to knock you down a bunch, (laughs) but you know, I didn't have to drink over that. And I got another opportunity while being sober. Yeah, well, so I, I wanted to talk about that. That's a good segue here. So because you've, I, I'm going to say you've earned roles, okay? So you've earned some roles on on some really well-known shows like Parks and Rec, Modern Family, 
uh, blackish. I'm sure I'm leaving a, a few out of here probably. Um, I think you got the majority of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and man, that's, that's awesome. So how did you, how did you get back into this? You know, like one of the things that I always find is, um, is really an interesting conversation for me because, uh, you know, I, I think there were things that I thought I was passionate about before I got sober that it turned out like maybe I wasn't so much into, but then I talked to people like you that were into certain things and they're able to reconnect with that even more so in their sobriety. I think you just talked about that, like the things that you're doing now sober, like you're way more proud of, you probably, um, you know, think you're performing better, which I, I would, you know, estimate that you are. Um, how did you get back into that? And how did your acting change? Do you think? Um, that's a great, I mean, great question. Um, I think like, I really, I mean, cause like that first 90 days, cause I didn't have my, I like, I didn't have my comedy crew that I could, I, cause I was performing every single week up until that time. Okay. So it just like, it went flat, like you're gone. Stop. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's also during like, you know, pilot season out in LA is like right around that time too in February. So like, and I didn't have anybody knock, like no auditions, no nothing. I, I, I don't think I had a commercial, like I was not doing anything, but just like, I wanted to do other things, but like, I really had time to focus on my sobriety and be like, you know what? Like, let's start putting this, doing this and staying on track on this and seeing what life brings if I put my sobriety first hmm. and you know, I didn't get asked back to do that. But then I like, when I got, when I finally got like asked to like not come back to the school, um, I was like, okay, well there's three things I want to do by the end of this year that happened in May. I was like, I, I, I want to stay. Well, one, I want to stay sober and I want to keep going. I want to do a one man show and I want to do a short film. And I want to go to another comedy school and make their team. So four things, sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, and all of those things happened. And it was because I was still showing, I was showing up for other people too. Mm. You know, I, I wanted to do a one-man show about sobriety and like what, like, you know, like basically like, uh, kind of like you know what happened and like where i'm at now you know and like how low my and sobriety and depression almost like that's kind of what the show was about yeah and you know like that kind of and then the short film was kind of about like my experience was just kind of i put in a different setting but just like kind of a guy losing it all um from people that he thought he thought cared about him you know um and I started to do these things. And then I also was like, I got back, me and Jono got back to working together. And I was like, let's just put out a sketch every single week, no matter what we have. And we're just going to call it John and Michael try. And that, you know, what, what started as just um, him and I, just because we just, like, that's kind of what sobriety told me. He was like, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. When I, when I, when I say I'm going to call you today, I call that person, you know, when I, that's just something that was ingrained in me and I still want to make sure I'm doing. 
Um, and that's kind of what we did with that. So like I did all those things and then I also went so then we got that going and as I'm watching myself on film more doing the John Michael Try, more things have just come from that. And like, you know, like uh the show ended up going onto Amazon Prime for like starting in May. So we had like twenty episodes that we shot. And like then that then like during the pandemic it's since moved to like Funny or Die, and like now is re re airing there like every single week, and we're trying to push for like a second season right now, um, but it's all because of like mending that relationship with Jono, and looking at my side of the street on it and being like I fucked up hard and I'm sorry and like what can I and then and then also what can I do to make it better. And it won't happen again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and like, you know, that's what, ta- like, and that's kind of the way sobriety has kind of taught me, like, oh, you can really do whatever you put your mind to, mm-hmm. which I was told that as a young age, but I was like, oh, yeah, but like, you know, especially in the arts, like, people say they're going to do stuff and they don't actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I've surrounded myself with people that are doers, you know, in the sense of like, we shoot sketches, we put them up. You know, I'm in another sketch group of Genuine Jerks and like, we just put up a fucking video every week because it's just fun. And it's like, you know what? Like, we'll see what comes of it. You know, we shot, like, we shot a movie during this pandemic that's now on Amazon Prime called Messes With Another Buddy of Mine called Good Luck With Everything. And like, you know, it's about a guy who thinks he's not enough. Plain and simple. And um, nothing to do with sobriety, but just like, a, you know, just a movie that we wanted to, that Chris, uh, a buddy of mine, Chris, wanted to direct, shoot, write, edit, and I was like, okay, you're saying, and I told him kind of the same thing. I was like, you're you're telling me you're gonna do it, okay, then let's do it. Right. You know, yeah. yeah. Let's let let's stick to what we're gonna do, and mm-hmm. you know, it just came out, and like, it's been great, and like, but like, this is the thing of like like, what I'm learning in sobriety is like, this is it. Like, it's gonna be other thises, you know, other successes and you know but this right now what we're doing that's it like acceptance in that has been amazingly gratifying Mm. you know and being of service and being you know there for other people my life has been immensely the depression sure i get little spouts not to where the fuck i was going the last couple of years right when, when it hit yeah. You know, like it's these little things that you just kind of do. And it just, these, and then the days become months and the months become years, but sometimes you still just need to worry about this, this fucking second that you're in, mm-hmm. you know, and what yeah. can you do? Yeah. I think great. that answers the question, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, you, I, man, I think you, uh, you answered a lot of questions there and, <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's really cool, man. You said two things that I really love. Number one, the doing what I, say I'm going to do. I have to imagine, you know, out in, uh, out in LA and, and just, you know, in the entertainment world, um, you know, cause I've met a, a lot of these people and I used to be one of these people. So I'm not even talking shit. Like, you know, there's probably a lot of, oh yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And, and it's going to be awesome. And everyone's going to let, and then they don't do anything. So, um, I, I'm sure there's a, a lot of that out there. Um, but I think, yeah, that's, that's something those are the people like what you just described you're doing like those are the people that I'm really trying to 
surround myself with. It's like, oh, I'm going to call you and they call. Uh, yeah, I can help you out with this. And, you know, my, my first, cause I'm in a 12 step program too. And so my first sponsor, you know, he would, uh, he really like, I'm not going to say beat into me, but really taught me to stop saying, try. Like, I'm going to try to do things like he, he would always, it would annoy the shit out of me, but he, I'd say, you know, he'd say, so are you going to come to this meeting? Or are you going to come do the service work thing or whatever? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to try to be there, which was basically me trying to walk my way out of it and, and say, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do it. And um, he would put like a pen or a pencil on the table in front of me. He'd be like, you know, try, try to pick that pin up. And I go to pick it up and he'd like slam it down and be like, no, 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 try try to pick it up, you know? So I, I love that, that that's really what you're working towards. The other thing that I, that I really like that you just said, I was just having a conversation about this last night. I don't even think it needs to be explained. You could call it karma or whatever. Um, and it's not like I expect this, but what I hear you saying is, is that the more you focus on other people, the better your life gets. Is that about right? Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of what I've, that's what has taught that's taught me the most especially during this time that we're in right now mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. if you can pick up the phone for other people if you can check in with people i mean the fact that like you know 12-step programs have adapted so well sure to the circumstances that we're in right now i mean like that's been a blessing i mean like that's that has been i mean i again like it's like it's not a my life is not I anymore. It's we, you know, like mm -hmm. that's, that's just what I've and I, and I just like to embrace it because it's like, I've had that mindset of like, it's all about me and it's all, you know, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it makes me feel worse now being sober. Like, I don't like to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like being there for others. Yeah. And I like, just, I mean, it's like, it doesn't cost, and I know this, like, I feel like I'm, you know, Bill Murray and Scrooge, like, it doesn't cost anything, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, just be, and again, especially with whatever, I mean, I'm not getting anything into, but what's going on in the world, it's just like, just, let's just be more supportive, hmm. you know, yeah, and also see that this shit is not like, it's fucking real, and people are dying from it a lot. Mm -hmm. So if support groups and, you know, and if the, if um, we stop making a stigmatism on addiction and depression and these things as being weak is, that is what really makes, I mean, that's what I'm striving most to, to show. And that's why I share my own experience in both those things Yeah. to try to help you know mm -hmm. well yeah so and i want to ask you about that because um and i always like to ask guests on the show that are that are in the entertainment world and to kind of get their take on this you know we hear about uh, there's a laundry list and every day it seems like it, it grows of uh you know well-known celebrities that are starting to talk about um you know their sobriety and and being in recovery and um you know just what maybe what that looks like to certain degrees do you think that that is helping to change that stigma that you were just talking about like is it changing the discussion the discussion about addiction at all do you think 
Um, I mean, I, I know the reasons, you know, why, you know, you are not supposed to talk about your sobriety and, you know, your, because in the event that like, because the success rate is not great, you know, yeah. if we're being completely honest with each other, like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I, I fortunately have never relapsed, but I do think that when I said I'm not going to do something like drink at 11 a.m. and then I end up drinking at one, I couldn't do it on my own. And all those times was a theoretically a relapse in my own, I mean, like of not being able to do it. Right. You know? Yeah. But, um, you know, like I, and this is where I just come into like, I, I try my best not to, I guess, name, you know, the 12 step program that I'm in. Right. Um, but I'm sober and I'm fucking proud to be sober. And I know that when I was coming into these rooms, I didn't know, I didn't know really what it was or what that life looks like, you know, like I think sharing about this stuff does, you know, I think it would only, I think it only helps people, you know, cause it, cause maybe they see somebody that they look up to that has some, some time, you know, and like, and I know that like, you know, the whole point is to share your experience and your strength and, you know, your hope. So, and I, and again, I, I, I know how touchy of a, you know, cause you know, we sometimes have it in the, you know, where that's, something we talk about you know right and it's like right. why we shouldn't do it why we should why we should adjust and it's like you know we're all just trying to stay sober one day at a time and why not why not help people yeah. even more yeah you know yeah that, that's really well said man and, and i'm with you and i i kind of go back and forth i mean i i think that you know 12-step programs when they talk about anonymity like it was a little different back in the day right i mean you would be exactly. basically like fucking banished you get like, fired you know yeah you get fired lose your place in society every you know everyone around you leaves um so yeah pre pretty different um and i, I know that that certain 12-step programs you know they they talk about in so many words and there's there's different sayings that go along with this but like extending that hand when someone is in need, right? So I think my main thought, and this probably makes sense since I'm doing a show like this, so it's not like I'm, you know, uh, you know, hiding that I'm in recovery or anything, but I, I think my main thought is if you and I were not having this conversation, um, and I get the not naming the program, but if, if you and I were not having this conversation, there were not other people talking about it, um, what would you and I have done? Like, where would we have gone? We might not have known um, that there was an alternative, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's the, you know, because I remember like my, like I, because I think I, you know, I, I just always like never, like I, like I remember where I grew up, like it was like kind of like, I, I don't know how to say it, like, it's like you had to go to these things if you were, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. and where my life is now is like I want to go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. And it's because maybe I mean I because I found some really great people there. Yeah. And you know, like 
I I heard some I don't want to mention anybody's name, but like sure. I've heard songs that have like talked about sobriety and them making their you know sobriety so open. It's given me, I mean, it's given like me like okay, like maybe like it's okay to talk about this stuff, you know, because like as an actor and like writer and like whatever all art art artists um people like working with sober people you know like they don't want the drunk showing up anymore like i mean like that's not good that makes sense you know? actually yeah I, I, that so makes like sense. like in yeah. and, and like you know it's um and usually like and i feel like a lot of i mean and i, and I also like don't want to like pull the line of like well, are actors and writers and all these people just doing it because they are who they are and they need to be seen in that mm. you know, light? Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's like I don't know, man. Like it's just, uh, it's. I think it's something that like people still like. Like I had a conversation with like, my uh, my neighbor, my 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 dad's neighbor on a porch this summer, and he was. I was talking to him, and he was like, "I just never thought of." Um, addiction as a disease mm-hmm. and i was like man all right like it's in the i mean it's in the medical addiction i mean like it's seen as one from the medical world and like i wish you could get into my head and you could like you know see my thoughts sometimes where these things pop up if i see you know people drinking on the beach i'm like oh yeah that looks like a good one i mean that's that's the thought that's right. the ism you know yeah. like yeah so having a conversation with him and talking to him about it, like it actually enlightened him a little bit about what I, you know, what people like me go through. Mm. And I think because they only know sometimes like the guys that don't get, who are not as fortunate to get sober sure, or keep trying, you know, I mean, like it's such a, it's just such a debatable, like, and I think at the end of the day, it's just like, isn't our ultimate goal is just help others and help other people, you know, um, get what we have. Cause we can't keep it. It's gotta, gotta keep going. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree, man. 100%. Uh, I do want to ask, you know, we, we can't get you off of here. I think we plugged your stuff a little bit, but we gotta get, yeah, you got, gotta get the plugs in, man. So, uh, tell us what you've been working on recently. I know you said you shot a movie during all this, um, but maybe yeah. what's, what's coming up next as well. Yes. Yeah, so we have a movie that just got released like, um, like last, I think like two months or two weeks ago or something. Uh, it's on Amazon prime. It's called good luck with everything. Um, and that's going well. I'm, I'm shooting, a um, a movie right now with, uh, the the other girl that was in that movie with me she's directing it and that's going to be called spy movie and that's coming out probably sometime next year um and that's going really well and i'm gonna i'm actually trying to get behind the camera myself and do something like that down the road as well so um and if you want to see me and billy act together there's a john o michael try a soap opera that's on funny or dying right now that we can (laughs) that you uh it's pretty fun um i'll have to check that out yeah yeah, so I think that's oh, and um, you know, I can't. I mean, my uh, there is a um, a uh, foundation that's actually named after my brother that's at uh, in Maryland called the ZTP Foundation. Um, my siblings 
started up and have got it going and actually uh, their foundation helps um, with Mark. They work with Mark Maryland Addiction and Recovery Center um, to actually help uh, get scholarships for kind of people that were kind of in Zach's situation. Okay, um, that's awesome. So that's like a that's a cool thing that my siblings are doing back in Baltimore that I'm really proud that they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, that that's awesome, man. That's yeah, awesome. So that's just a little plug for you know the ZTP Foundation. Yeah, awesome. So before we wrap up here, Michael, I want to ask. I think you've shared a, a lot of. Uh, I'm just gonna say words of wisdom, man. I think you've shared a lot of really great stuff, uh, which I appreciate. But I do want to ask if there's maybe one piece of advice in particular uh, that you'd like to share with the sober nation, maybe someone that's, that's new, that's just been struggling for a while. Um, you know, it's just trying to kind of navigate the sobriety deal. Oh man. Um, you know, to pick up that 5,000 million pound phone, you know, and just make the call hmm. and to just, you know, I mean, I, my life, honestly, like, is, it's, I mean, it's just beautiful. I mean, my, it, I cannot express how much recovery has given me. Um, and I hope everybody else who's struggling has that same type of thing that I've gotten in this small amount of time. Um, and to just know that, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm drastically more of a happy human being being sober hmm. than I ever was when I was drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Got to pick up that phone. It is, it can gotta get heavy it sometimes. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. So you can connect with Michael on Instagram at Strassola. That's S-T-R-A-S-S-H-O-L-A. Thanks again for coming on the show, Michael. Thank you for having me. And yes, reach out, you know, whichever way you can, you know, I'm here for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the info from today's episode. Sober Nation FM is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Sobriety Engine is a free online community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. This show is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle while supporting your sobriety, you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And again, whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave us a review. Nation, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.